When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 326 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dean Hilton, and to celebrate Barca's first quote-unquote big win since the days of Kubala, it's Kevin Williams. Kevin, usually I let you come on and be grumpy, but are you ready to be largely positive with only a small sprinkling of grump? I mean, I guess, yeah, there's a Spotify deal. Get it out of your system, I guess I would say. I have to stay on brand, Dan. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be grumpy. Come on. You know me. Yeah, so... it's. it's- it's not only my nature, it's reality. I mean, I know that people are super excited about the win, but they didn't play that well. And once Simeone made the adjustments in the second half with those subs, danger, danger, right? So, I mean, yeah, it was really cool that they won, right? Um, uh, but they evinced the same problems, right? Not being able to uh, deal with a match, not being able to manage big um, uh, pressure, Right uh, by a uh, major opponent, they were panicking. I mean, PK was just booting balls everywhere. I mean, you know, so I, yeah, the win was awesome and it was fun. And let's say that. And but yeah, I'm gonna be grumpy. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna try to be the counterbalance to that. I think. I'm largely positive because of the simple fact that I don't want to overstate that it has been so long before Barca beat a team that they were on level with, or maybe... I know Atletico Madrid is in the doldrums right now. They're suffering. They're struggling. Simeone might not return, and all that stuff, but it doesn't matter. It's 
for if it's Barca, it's Atletico Madrid. It's a quote unquote big match that Barca. It felt must win. I mean, it's it, it could pay huge dividends and even in terms of just getting three points at home at the Camp Nou. So for Barca to finally win one that it mattered, it tells you how sad the last few months have been since they beat yes. Real Sociedad. Right? It's been a long time coming that Barca won a big match. So I don't want to overstate that that match did matter. You can tell it mattered to the people at the stadium. It mattered to the team. It mattered to Xavi. And so getting the three points, I think, again, I don't I don't want to just... We'll talk about the match itself and some of the... Yeah, again, this is not a perfect team. This is a fourth place team. This is not... I think the, the point, too, about this match, if anyone's expecting to see a match between the first and second team in the Liga, that was not this match. This was a team... This was a match between the team that wanted fourth place. That is what this was. This was not yes. for the Liga title. This is for Champions League football. And I think that's what we retreated to, where you saw glimpses from both Barca and Atletico Madrid that these are world-class players with technically these La Liga talent, as far as the talent and depth of the team, these are La Liga potential winning sides who surely as units are not ready to do such a task. So, okay, but where we want, I want to start though, and Kevin, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on today was I think we're going to hit the Frankie de Young and Busquets stuff sometime today, later on. And we'll talk about the first half, as we said, or we'll talk about it against the last 20 minutes, as you said, you know, the positive and the negatives. But I know you, I know you, me, and I think we need to start with the good crazy of the fullbacks. Because fullbacks, I don't, we don't talk about enough, but I think we, I think that's the place where to start. Jordi Alba and Danny Alves, how do you make sense of the glorious journey that Barca's fullbacks took us on yesterday? I don't know about uh, mixed bag for me right i think that the so the biggest difficulty with barcelona fullbacks is that people don't expect they don't expect them to be defenders and it seems to me that the job of a fullback is number one to actually do that weird thing called defending so you've got you know mingeza who is a uh, tackling dummy. You've got Serginho Dest, who is just a wreck, right? He's done at Barcelona. And so you've got a, a guy who could, you know, be his father, right, age-wise, who is the best fullback on that team. That's ridiculous. I mean, I appreciate that he brings what he brings, but when 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 anybody is serious about really attacking that side, he's in trouble. And the only reason they don't attack that side more is because the other side is much easier. Right? Because he's not you know, just a bad defender, but he's gone. And so, yeah, I love the goals, right? I love the goals that both of them knocked in. I mean, that all the goal was at absurd right i mean maybe the best of his career i, I mean right, maybe, i mean the ex, maybe the best of his career you know that goal was like you know oh 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 six eight one four is nuts um and the danny Alves goal that was a veteran reading um uh, reading a moment and reading the match and being exactly where he knew the ball was uh, going to be but let's not you know kid our Cells, right? I mean, those two aren't top level fullbacks. I think that I mean, every serious opponent has showed that. I mean, I think the bigger thing about those fullbacks position and why not say that I defend Jordi Alba in, in that when you look around world football, just 
I mean, fullbacks, if, if they're a high quality fullback, they're likely playing somewhere else. And so the, the list of quote unquote top elite fullbacks that Barca want one of those, they're going to cost 50 million euros. Like that's your transfer window is a fullback yeah. or two. And Barca in theory need two. And, you know, I, I, I don't think Dest, I don't think Dest was a nightmare yesterday because I think that when he came on, his sole job was not to help with build up. It was not to score goals. It was not to get forward. It was just simply right. to defend. And he was fine. And he, they were down a man and he defended for his life. And I thought Dest was fine. But again, he was only given one job to do. Meanwhile, right. Danny Alves was given, which is so essential. And I think the more I thought about it, the positioning of Alves, if you watch those ball progressions, the way that both he and uh, I, I think Busquets was not great yesterday. And the fact that Busquets was, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think Busquets was great yesterday. I think he's. No, been, he was not. Yeah, that's okay. I'm glad. I'm only on the same page. I, I thought I was, we were watching a different match, but Busquets was not great to put it lightly, but Frankie and Danny Alves and the way that they covered for him in that in possession three four three that is then built was why Barca were able to get three goals in the first half and Busquets was not as uh, was the worst player on the field for Barca, which is pretty incredible to say. And I oh. think PK in the same way oh. kind of found the game and Barca were able that's why they were on the front foot. And it really does come down to Alves. And I, I want to do this the thing I same thing I did yesterday uh, on the match review. And I'm gonna redo this analogy if anybody watched that. But for me, Alves was a definition of fire. He was a definition of flame. He was a definition of this, I mean, in the fact that the reason I thought of this, he is an eternal flame. At 38, he's still burning so brightly, bright, brighter than Mingetha and Dest and all the fullbacks that you think they, that exist. He's still a legend of the game that still can do it. And whether it was delivering on the set pieces, I mean, actually defending Zhao Felix, I, almost out of the game as far as positionally. Not when Felix got into a 1v1 situation, but in terms of anticipating what Felix wanted to do, I thought Alba's did exactly his job. But then, as you said, coming from the, the way he would step into the middle and then coming forward on that fourth goal, as you mentioned, yeah, it's just an awareness and understanding of where he needed to be when he needed to be there. But then, obviously, just like a fire, he can get out of control. And it's, it's, that, it's that the give and take, the scale. I'd rather have the passion of Danny Alves, that intangible, that intangible thing, that, that, that thing where he says, hey, we're going to win this game. Don't worry about this. We're going to win a big game. And it seems like Alves, more than Alba and Busquets and Pique and dare I say Messi, Alves has just that thing that says, we're going to get the W. It's fine. It's fine. And then he gets the red card because, again, flames burn too bright. It got too hot. <laughs> and he clearly committed the foul. VAR, easily. That one, the easy red card there. And, and so now he's gone. And then the oxygen as what happens to a fire that Atleti continued to take the oxygen out of the room. And the, the fire just kept on burning, and now it's a danger. Now it's no longer the thing that was controlled, the thing that was, was, was burning up Atletico Madrid. Now it's been inflicted on you. It's been inflicted on Barcelona, because now they have 10 men. So I, I, it's a give and take where you take your chances when you play with fire, and Danny Alves was yesterday completely in fuego the entire time. And I, I think it, he encapsulated and summed up that match when anybody else did. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 
up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough, and as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention, those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that match is exactly why Xavi brought him back. I mean, let's yeah. be clear about that. I mean, he is, I hate, I hate, hate, hate saying, using those old hackneyed things like knowing how to win, right? Mm-hmm. But he knows how to win. And it's it's hard to argue with that when, and he has his physical deficiencies, right? He um, can't run like he used to, um, uh, can't do anything like he used to but right i mean the one thing you never forget it's it's that value of having been there and he has been there in a way that jordy alba has not all right because i mean danny alves was there when it was the mightiest football side anybody's ever seen Mm -hmm. and so you don't forget that and i think that what xavi wanted in bringing him back was that, right? That weird, as you said, that fire, that weird intangible thing that people pick up on. But I also think that uh, having a Dama Traore <laughs> made all of that so much easier, right? Because yep. I mean, once you have a uh, player 
who when he gets the ball, the other side goes, oh, my God, he's got the ball. <laughs> that makes everybody's life simple, right? They can move. They can find the room they didn't have because suddenly you've got this one player, and he was just one, one player, but he sowed so much wreckage. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was a delight truly to watch. So, I me, mean, I think that certainly the fullbacks, my issues with them are very clear. I mean, that first at Letty goal. Yikes. What were he and PK doing? Yeah. I, I actually, I think it's a bit, it was a bit more PK than it was Alba. Yeah, PK was. was absolutely out of, completely out of position. And then Jordi Alba, whenever he's stuck between uh, two minds, Right. And when Alba has to make a choice, he doesn't often defensively make the right choice. And somehow, I mean, yeah, he made Luis Suarez look like a sports car, which is just, again, a reminder that Luis Suarez is not, he is, uh, he is a pickup truck, Luis Suarez. He is not a a sports, a Ferrari, you know? And so to see Luis Suarez off to the races, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. So, but yeah, you're right. It's, that's what you're going to get with it. But I think to the Triori point, I want to transition to him a little bit here because you're right. Danny Alves, because he was not having to even, he didn't consider overlapping and he didn't have to because Pedri was shading so much to the right side to support Triori that when Triori did the same thing that you expected, you'd hope that a Xavi winger does, which Dukla, unfortunately, as I've said before, Abde did it in his first game as Espanol and his second game as well, where he brought that second defender. They didn't know what he was and they were kind of figuring out. But the minute that Abde was only getting one defender to him, it shut down Barca's attack. Same thing with Jukla. Jukla is only defended by one player. The right back slides out, or if he's playing in the middle, up through the middle, the right center back just kind of stays put with him and just tracks his runs, and that's what happens. But Abde, because he was constantly... I mean, Hermoso is going to have nightmares of, of the guy, especially in the first half at least, but he was constantly bringing over Savic. And because of that second defender, that meant that... I mean, it's all about... I mean, Xavi preaches this. It's all about those numerical advantages. And yeah. while it wasn't perfect, if you can get Atletico Madrid on their back heels and taking advantage of their defending, then you're certainly going to beat Atletico Madrid. Because they, they, there is space yes. to be found once they are out of position, but they're very rarely out of position. And as, to the point with Alves, too, he was not a right back yesterday. He was a number eight. Truly, if you watch where he was playing, if you watch where he was setting up, if even you've watched the way he was defending, and that's a credit to Triori too. When he, it's one thing to lose the ball at midfield, which our, our which our dear friend Messi did, unfortunately, quite a few often in that final year. But it's one thing to lose the ball at midfield, which is something that even again, like a Luke de Young, when Luke de Young, when, when Barca's looking for a clearance and trying to get out of danger, and Luke de Young has a heavy touch on that ball when he has his back to goal at midfield that's much more damaging. Or again, the times that Busquets lost the ball yesterday were are much, much oh. more damaging than when Traore loses the ball 95 feet from his own goal. Because we remember the first goal that is scored happens because I think it was Traore who lost the ball and then he yes. and Pedri expertly shut things down, got it right back and put it and, and, and put it right back into the box to be finished. And, and so it's that press and how Adama Traore is used that, that's going to be significant. And yeah, and I think defensively on the press, that's actually where I was impressed, where I'm going to continue yeah. to, to give the warning that his, ex- I, I can't get rid of the numbers. I mean, you know me here, right? The expected assists of 0.17, and he gets one yesterday. He had zero assists this year for Wolves, right? <laughs> so, I mean... He might get five assists. That's why he's in Barcelona. Right? He might get five assists for Barcelona this year. That would be really cool. But also, I want to set you up to understand, he's going to defend like heck. He's going to press high up the field when possible. 
And so the thing that I was most impressed by was not the fact that he got the assist or the fact that he was even close to a goal. It was that he, Ferran Torres, and Pedri understand fundamentally, whether it is because he grew up in La Masia or not, I don't know. I think it's a little overdone. But whether whatever it was, the three of them understood the spacing and pressure that need to be put on that Atletico back line, where really only Koke was getting through them. They, the other players just were not getting through that pressure. And that was the most positive thing for me, because that means if he can yeah. fit in the team, that means whether he's a sub, that means when he's starting, he can at least do something. What does his worst game look like? And if he can understand how to press as a unit with Pedri and Ferran Torres, you're going to get something out of him. You're going to get some kind of positive something that Barca can use to capitalize on a, a game that they're going to barely get by one nothing Celta de Vigo or barely sneak by Granada 2-1. He can do something for you. And I think that's where I was positive, not about the, the, the sheer assists or goals or whatever. Yeah, no, he is... Uh, so the day Barcelona got him, uh, I wrote uh, that his his end product, right, is all this about... Uh, there's no... Are no end product. Yeah, there is, right? That that end product is chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think that the value of chaos, whether it's tracking back and you're running like hell, or whether it is the the stuff he did that eventually resulted in that second goal is just remarkable, right? I mean, it's that. And he's not gonna get you goals, but if you are around him when he has the ball, good things will happen for you. If you are around when he is pressing, good things will happen for you. And that's his end product. And we shouldn't overrate him, right? I mean, if he could score goals, then he wouldn't uh, be on loan from wolves for nothing yeah what he does didn't have as much value for wolves as it will right now until liga defenders get them sorted for barcelona right um i loved his game i loved pretty much every second of it and i think that the larger problem is with he and whoever else is um, a part of that front line, when they press that hard, right? Once you break the first line of them, you've got the void. (laughs) And that, you know, massive midfield void. And that's something that I don't know how Xavi solves with the current group he has. I felt like Gavi was effective on the wing there um very useful right because i mean he was just doing gavi things right and i mean you need gavi things certainly in a match like that but the biggest thing i think uh, me i enjoy was tempo the tempo of that match was so high from barcelona and at moments it verged on being chaotic um, but the tempo was so high. And that meant that things happen quickly, things move quickly. And that is, I think, sort of to foreshadow a place that will be going shortly, 
why Boos gets at one of his worst matches in, you know, I mean, maybe his worst match all season, and why why De Jong had one of his best matches all season. Yeah, I mean, I think Xavi also mentioned about the Gabi point too that with, and I've said this before that it's something about having a natural winger. I know he wants to play that three four three with two wide wingers, but and and I know that Alba's been a little bit more at home under Xavi. But yes. with Alba overlapping like he does, and, and as long as Alba is around, an inverted winger doesn't, it doesn't, it, 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 yeah, it, it makes a bit of sense. It, it, it's not, a, don't throw that idea. Like, I, I know it doesn't bring, quote unquote, the best out of Gabi, but at 17, I think we're still trying to figure out what the best of Gabi looks like. But we do know is that, I mean, even yesterday, that Pedri's worst game is, it's still going to be one of Barca's top three players in any match, even at his worst. I mean, he's just so pivotal to bring everything together. I want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're 20 minutes into this conversation. We haven't talked about Pedri yet. And I feel a little bad. I feel like I need a, a little Pedri clock behind me or Pedri ticker that says, Hey, make sure you make sure you bring him up every 10 minutes. And, 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 and I think, too, with, with Pedri's movement, how many goals or assists is he going to give you doesn't matter. Because in the same way that I'm not worried that Ronald Araujo has the second most goals in the Liga this year behind Memphis Dubai. I'm not actually not worried about that because Barca are scoring goals. And whether it's coming from the fullbacks or the center backs, if anything, it's great that Barca are scoring on some set-piece plays. I mean, that's wonderful. You'll take it, right? And even the ones from open play. And when yeah, and, and to the point about De Jong and Busquets and, and Pedri, yeah, you're right that Gabi is that inverted winger, and then Pedri there, and then De Jong and Alba, and then even Alves. Xavi, what I do like is that he seems to being he seems to be able to solve or trying to solve problems with the players he has, which is a bright sign for even when he's able to bring in players in theory in a transfer window. Where, and this is unfortunate for Dest, but the way that Alves covered for Araujo. Yes. Now watch against Espanyol what happens because again you know my guy Dest is going to start and Dest is not going to be working as an inverted fullback he's not going to be a number eight and he's n- and Araujo is going to be forced into difficult situations with the ball at his feet and you're going to see the worst of Araujo so we got to see I don't think Araujo had a particularly great game individually but he also didn't have a bad game by any means I, I think he just no. played within himself which is what you want to see a controlled within himself game but again Alves any pass that Araujo would have to make or will have to make against Espanol Alves made for him or the good news is Eric Garcia and I know people out on him but Eric Garcia will be back hopefully for Espanol and I'm not saying that Eric Garcia is going to start of Araujo but if Xavi's able to input Eric Garcia back in there then he's the one making those passes you just have yes. to you just have to move the puzzle piece around a little bit so Des might not start at all. Araujo actually might start as the right back, which we saw before. And I think you understand yeah. the reasoning for that because Eric Garcia is the one who's passing the ball or PK, whichever one's as the right center back, is passing in spite of Ronald Araujo and the things that he doesn't give you. But you need his defensive acumen on the field at one time. So, okay, let's do the Busquets thing now because do you, yeah, I mean, you said it. These things work in tandem. De Young was good. Busquets was bad. Busquets has been really good. And people have been asking if Frank and Young is going to be sold over the summertime. And it just doesn't work together. And it, it's not going to happen. It just, it's just, we can't make fetch it's, happen. I, I, it's, it's so unfortunate because, yeah, De Jong was everywhere he needed to be. And I, I think the, just heat map wise, right? When they went to press, Busquets was farther forward. And two guys who tried to do this were Kike Setien and, Ron, and Ronald Koeman. They tried to have, if you remember right, their first two or three matches, they attempted to have Busquets be that point, that pivot of the press, farther forward than Frankie De Jong. And it didn't work. But yesterday... I don't know what the activation were exactly, but they were very particular with it, where it, it seemed to me that if Alves got to a certain po- part of the field, if he got in, in the interior enough and he was in the middle of the field, 
where where Xavi knew he had three defending, Busquets was able to get farther forward on the press. And Barca were tried to keep and, and change that line of confrontation. But if Alves wasn't in that position, Busquets was behind De Jong and would drop in for possession as a third center back. So it seemed to be that if possible, if there was enough midfield help and cover for Busquets, then you have him farther forward. If not, you don't do that. You don't do that thing. And I also thought that it was important that every time Busquets, or every time De Jong would get on the ball, he would, and I think this was on purpose, that him on the wing, having De Jong pick up the ball within 10 yards of the sideline is useless. It's nonsense. It's not helpful to anybody. And it felt yeah. like yesterday there was a conscious effort that if Busquets, is, I mean, if, that, if De Jong is going to get the ball and is going to carry it forward at least 15 yards, it's going to have to be in the, that middle third of the field. And it seems right. like that was on purpose, and that's why you saw the best of De Jong. But now the counter-argument question for you is that, then why was Busquets so rough? Was he just bad because he was misplaying passes, or was there actually something fundamentally systemic to De, De Jong's uh, success that made Busquets suffer so much? So <clears throat> it's weird. I was thinking about that, that awful movie, Hancock, right? Where <laughs> I, I'm excited. I, I want to know where this is going. <laughs> when you have the the dual superpowers too close to each other, uh, they negate the other one's power. I feel like uh, the kind of match that uh, De Jong needs to be good is not the kind of match that is going to work for Busquets, right? Yeah. I mean, one likes a much higher tempo really dynamic wing and forward play, um, lots of running, right? And more importantly, doesn't need someone to, to pick up his shortcomings, right? Boost Jets, on the other hand, and I mean, let me say he's been a magnificent player for Barcelona. Magnificent. Uh, I would fight anybody who might suggest otherwise. Right. But he's at he's now at the moment where his movement with a high tempo system that uh, De Jong can thrive in is completely, completely insufficient. And so he gets forced into moments. I mean, the thing that led to the um, second at Letty goal began with him trying some silly back heel flick thing which led to this cascade of right and it was because he couldn't turn four years ago he takes that ball uh, um uh, cushions it turns dishes now panic right and it's just he's not it's weird because i mean he's he was fundamental right and he he still is with the right system but um right now barcelona sucks playing that system right they're yeah. too slow they're too predictable they're really really easy to defend and so yes you have Busquets at this like he's there in the hole and there he is right this reference you know languidly dishing balls around uh, but everything is just it's 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 oozing you know, yeah. and so you have defenders walking to defend attacks, right? I mean, the thing about yesterday is the tempo was so high of everybody, 
forward that at Letty had no way to defend all the people running at them. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what the Dion loves. That's what he loved when he was at Ix, Right. But I mean, there he had other young legs, right? He had these uh, gazelles running with him at uh, Barcelona. He's just had uh Depay. He's had, um, uh, Griezmann. Uh, he's had Messi. Um, now he has the other Dion. Um, he has, um, um, uh, Torres, who is not what you call gazelle by any uh, um, definition at all. So I think that the Dion needs a higher tempo. And the higher the tempo, the better he is. And Max, when that happens, you got the old man back there kind of going, what the hell is all this? Why is it moving so fast? Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw yesterday. And it's kind of sad to see because, I mean, same thing with Messi, right? For the end, he was losing balls. You know, he was getting chased down by um, uh, players who even three years earlier right, would have been long gone. I mean, age doesn't care. Yeah. And I feel like at some point, not this season, because, I mean, you, you still need that system, that basic Barcelona system, right? And uh, Busquets is fundamental for that system but the more he controls things the more let's say languid um uh, play is and the more de young gets involved in i think my favorite favorite group would be de young with pedri and then you'd have dembele on one wing you'd have a dam on the other and you'd have um, uh, a pie in the middle. Um, I think think you would see such an absurdly high tempo. Young look like a god, and I mean Busquets would be left out. So I don't know. It's hard, right? Because I mean, well, I think there is. I think there is a path forward because I, I think recruitment and what's the game plan? Where there's all the different other pieces. We just we started this with fullbacks for a reason, and we're talking about the greatness of a 38 year old fullback for a reason. And Jordi Alba's on the other side, and then you talk about the Jared Gerard PK situation, and then you talk about. I mean, do you want goals up top? You, I mean, if Dembele's leaving, do you need another winger? Because obviously Adama Traore can't be your number one winger for long term, no. of course. So now we're already we've already named four other spots on the field that are more important uh, to reinforce than. Busquets. And so the here's the silver lining. Here's, I think, the only positive, the solace I may have is that if Xavi wants to play a double pivot moving forward, there is absolutely no reason to not believe that linear progression for Nico Gonzalez this season, because he the advanced metrics on Nico say that he is Barca is better when he's on the field. And yes. I completely understand in this moment and not to kick the Busquets thing down the, the road for a little bit, but there is this perfect world where Busquets becomes Xavi from 2015 and Iniesta from 2018, and Nico steps right in and becomes the guy at the age of 21. Because again, I think Xavi just sees him as a bit too raw, and it's totally fair. He has been an attacking midfielder for his whole career, and he's, again, just became a 20-year-old man. I know he looks like a man, but he's 20 years old, has only played for one season of Barca B. He doesn't have the reps, and I think just giving him the reps, giving him the time, blooding him quickly, and I think it's really telling, too, that under Kuman, 
Nico, for all the Nico, Pedri, Gabi, I guess I'm using some of those guys, Ansu, the, 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 the recent generation, he was the one who had the hardest time in the first month. He was the one guy who did not hit the ground running. And so I think he's just a bit slow to it. But Nico has shown you throughout his career so far, again, he's still just 20, that you give him information, give him a minute to process it, put it through his system, and he will come out better on the other side. So there are, I think, even things that we may not know that are being worked on. Like, I would not be so surprised to think that Nico could be seen as that inverted fullback as a number eight in, in, the, in the future. Or if it's going to be a double pivot with him. I, I just, I want to keep my mind open because Garcia Pimienta thought about that, about making, he was a right back for one of Barca B's best stretch. When they pushed for the playoffs, Nico was playing as that right back, as an inverted eight with Hondra Ordiana, where Hondra, they basically they formed a double pivot in that, in that way, in a 4-3-3. And so there are things you could do with Nico. He is a weapon, but he's a weapon that's almost not ready. But Busquets is also, right? So they're, they're so very often or so very rarely does the descent of one equal the perfect ascension of another it just the timelines don't always work out so not say we're kicking the, the can down the road where we but he's going to be starting 90 minutes as long as he's able to this year and the same thing yes. with the old guard that alves pk alba busquets if they their final gift even if they're around next year I, want, I think of it as their final gift to the club these legends are going to give you is a top four finish. And if they can do that, then I know that they're getting hate this year, but they can ride off into the Suns, even if they're in a squad. Most of them will be in the squad next year, just to warn everybody. But then oh, yeah. at least they can take a smaller role next year and start their ride into the sunset <laughs> next year by giving you top four. And that'll be a gift that they've given. But yeah, because you're absolutely right. I mean, I did a whole thing with Domagov, obviously, last week about Busquets. I implore everyone, watch my my exhaustive 20 minutes of <laughs> how do you replace Busquets? It's impossible, but it isn't because you have to. And so how are you going to do that? How, like, it's not about, he's not irreplaceable, but how are you going to do that? And you're right. Every candidate that you and I have spoken about off the air or whatever, has been someone who can move someone that can pass long balls and diagonals and do basically they just do kind of what Busquets does, except they can move around. <laughs> and that's really what you're looking for because you're, you're never going to find a player who's going to read the game like him. He doesn't exist. These are one-for-one one players that you're never going to find that. But you need to find a player that can cover and can understand and read the game well enough because we do see it. We see the drop-off with understanding of reading a game between Alves and Dest. That's the biggest thing yes. between the two of them is that Alves completely understands what's happening and Dest is doesn't really know what's coming next. And that means he's always defending on the back foot. He's, he has to make choices. Alvin doesn't make choices. His body flows and moves where it needs to because, yes, he's been doing it for 20 years, <laughs> but also he just fundamentally has always understood this is when I need to go forward on the wing. This is when I step in. And he just he's known that forever. I mean, he, again, he was one of the best players in, in, in 2008. He was one of the best players in the world for Sevilla as a center yes. midfielder. Don't forget that. Yeah, and I mean, the fee for him back then was, what, $35 million, which is absurd for a fullback, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at what he's done and how he's done it, I mean, he and I will, I think we'll look back at this season and the moves that uh, the technical staff has made. He and uh, Triari are, will be looked at as the two single most enabling moves hmm. right that will help this group i think make a champions league spot now i mean i it's funny because like i mean we're both of the same mind right i mean there's the 
guy in Monaco, right? Too many. Come on. We, yeah, we, yeah, we just like. <laughs> you can get me started again. Yeah. I would kill to see him. He is, he's so many answers to so many questions. And that's why Florentino is more likely than not, right? Because he's saving a bunch of money by getting them. Bate on a free. I mean, he's already got Camavinga, and I think he's going to add, and that is going to be a, just had a world-beating midfield. I think uh, Barcelona is very lucky. Pedri was a bargain. Gavi came up through the system. So did Nico. That's amazing, right? I mean, they right when they need luck, they're getting it. Mm-hmm. You get Adama back and tell him, do that one thing you do, right? You tell the other forwards when when that guy gets the ball, you get into the box. <laughs> That's your only job, right? Yeah. Is to get to the uh, uh, front of goal. And they should be okay. They're going to concede goals. Right? I mean... With that, yeah, they, they can't, yeah. they can't not concede them because, again, even right. younger. I mean, Eric Garcia is not is going to leak goals, but you take the good with the bad with that. And then, yes, PK Busquets, Alba, you put all yeah. that together with Alves. I mean, of course, that's, that's what's going to happen. But on the on, actually on the on the upside, we did see the, the yesterday too the debut of Obama Yang, and I, I said I don't think we saw enough to give a report card. He came on with ten men. He had very useful. He showed very you useful. that the the two touches he had were maybe on accent or on purpose, but. You know, his first touch is not the best, but both he and Ferran Torres read space differently. And I actually did want to push yes. back a little bit where Ferran Torres, Barca scored four goals. And when when your team scores four goals, that means your center forward is doing something right. Meaning, even if he's not the one scoring the goal or assisting the goal, he's getting out of the way and he's yes. pulling a defender. And he's and I think that's the one thing that that Xavi really likes about Ferran Torres, why he wanted him so much. I want to remind people. And then why he was also willing to take Aubameyang. These guys are so good in space. Their timing is just, this is no disrespect to Martin Brothwaite. Again, I think he's exceeded expectations, but he and Luke de Jong are fine. They're fine, but Luke de Jong can't get to the space. And Brothwaite doesn't always know where the space is if it's outside of the 18-yard box. But Obama Yang, his timing, he'll start the move at midfield and say, oh, the team needs me to make this run to the wing now. I'm going to make it now. And the same thing with Ferran Torres, where Ferran Torres, his understanding of when to drop in to basically, again, to that to make that numerical overload, because as once I said, the pressing of Ferran Torres, along with his combinations with Pedri, I think that's going to get better and better. And also, Ferran Torres is not match fit. I want to remind people that. I don't know how long yeah. I'm going to give him before I get on him, but he's, again, this is his third match of in for five months, so he's not yet match fit, and I think he's moving well against what is supposed to be a pretty stout Atletico back line. And I think the issues with Atletico they yesterday, are not. which they're not, but... I think Ferran Torres was finding space. So, I mean, I think people think that just because a guy did not get the goal, get the assist, means that he didn't do anything. No, I think his spacing was really important. And then to... It was interesting to put on a Bamiyang for Adama Traore, but Adama Traore might also not be match fit for sitting on the bench for Wolves. And then you give Obama Yang get, get him his chance, right? So, yeah, the guys just aren't ready just yet. Uh, they, they may never be. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I have nothing much to say about Ferran and Aubameyang other than I have no... I'm excited. I'm excited about the upgrade because they are they. I don't. I don't want to say Erling Holland, but here I am. Like I, I mean, are they Erling Holland? No, but 
they understand space in a team that desperately has to capitalize on space and needs to make the right runs because, as you said, they don't have some guy coming in from the six from deep. They, Busquets is not making that run in the box. De Jong can't make too many of those runs because then who's going to defend for Busquets when the ball gets cleared, yeah. right? So it's like you need – these guys are being asked – Ferran Torres and Adama Traore and your front line are being asked to occupy four to five players every time. Not just one. I mean the three. It's th- the, Those three attackers have got to occupy five players. So you do have a numerical disadvantage there. But then you're putting the, the game in the hands of Pedri. And I thought in the first half, uh, going back to Pedri, I want to bookend it with that. Even though Simeone really messed up the Zhao Felix thing over Angel Correa, that was the wrong choice. And Xavi well, got his starting choice. lineup right, right? Simeone got it right. I mean, got it wrong. Xavi got it right. And the, 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 the manager that picked the starting lineup usually does win. I also thought Mandava over... Hermoso probably was not a bad idea either, just because of Dama Traore. You can't give him a center back on the wing, right. and no, so he's going no. to go to work. So Simeone got it wrong, but I think not only did Xavi get it right, but because Pedri was better than Koke, Koke was Atleti's best player, but because Pedri was better than Koke in that first half, Barca were better than Real Madrid. I mean, uh, Atletico Madrid. I, it's not that simple, but I, I, again, I want to kind of bookend it with the fact that Pedri, it, it should not be forgotten that Pedri was the best player on the field. Yeah, I mean, and what... I don't know how someone that young knows the game that well. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were a few times where he was caught in possession. Not many. I mean, he knows what to do. And it's it's absurd to watch him because he's not big. He's not strong. He's not fast. He's not, you know, quick. He's got the first step you can mark with an egg timer, Right. He's always there. He's always in the right spot. He is a remarkable player to watch. And I mean, I don't know what they will wind up paying for him, uh, but it's a it's the steal of the decade. I like r- right now my best um, Barcelona midfield is him, De Jong, and Nico. And I think that, but that mid field also has up front, you know, Dembele, um, Torres, and uh, Traore. I think that team would be absurd to watch. And the defense could just like go, wow, how could those guys go? (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) on Dembele, yeah, I want to ask you, this is pretty much the last question here. Dembele was on the bench. He didn't warm up for halftime. He got booed. I think that reaction and my hope is that that's the worst reaction he's going to get because it was the reaction. It was the first time that the Camp Nou got to, got to let their hate flow. And the hope is that the next time, especially if they're on the road, when they're, if they're on a away match and Xavi puts him in and he finishes his career that way, almost like a Kyrie Irving, except he is Dembele is vaccinated, unlike Kyrie Irving. So basically yeah. Kyrie Irving was in that situation. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that was the very worst of it. But yeah, we keep saying that Dembele is... Not say he has to be a key figure down the stretch, but you're but you're correct that we can't put too much on Adama Traore and Barca. The reason why Xavi fought for it is they're a better team when he plays. Yes, that's it. I mean that that's it. People that two match stretch where he came back and he was fit, and people like man, look, uh, Xavi Ball is uh, working. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's no coincidence there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was the coincidence because, you know, people didn't want to admit that he was the reason 
Chubby Ball was working when you look at that that um, Copa match. Linares, right? he was the only player that showed up, and they advanced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when and then when they were you know playing against Athletic Club, and he was sitting in the stands. I mean, Athletic um, a Club had no respect for Barcelona attack. None. They uh, pressed up. Um, uh, they were at mid pitch, right? Because they said, "Well, there's there's nobody who can get behind us." Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the next opponent. So, I mean, he is, you know, um, uh, love him or hate him, and most people hate him. Uh, for me, he's noise uh, that I wish was quieter. I mean, I wish that more people understood his value to what Xavi wants to do. Xavi understands it. Um, I'm sure that's why he went to the board and said, "I, he's here. I'm going to play him." You have to. You you can't have your best attacking legs sitting in the stands. You can't. It's foolish, especially given how making Champions League spots matters for the club financially. Right? You just can't. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, he will play. He will be as he always is, right? Digital. Uh, he's a, a one or a zero. <laughs> and people have just got to get used to that. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about, like, the floor, too. You and I were speaking about this, like, over, over messages. And I told you, I felt like Osasuna was the one match this year where he was hot garbage. And he was losing the ball at midfield. And again, it, for Dembele, just like Adama Traore, it's where is he losing the ball? That's That matters more than the number of times they lose the ball. And as, yes. as, you know, as we spoke about, like 25 times is quite a bit to lose the ball. But if he's losing the ball 22 times in the final third of the, in the near the opposition's goal, then Barcelona can jump on that ball and get the ball back in a, for, in, in a fortunate spot. And, you know, I also don't want to downplay the fact that this Aubameyang Dembele partnership, yeah, they're they're friends and it's 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 fun for the gram and all that stuff. But the reason they're so good together on the field is that one of them attracts a lot of attention and attracts a second defender, and the other one is again, does he does he always finish? No. It, does he is he great in the air for how tall he is? No. But Aubameyang finds space. He comes in yes. quickly and finds space, and he reads. A player, and it is something about quick players, where fast players seem to understand the plight of another fast player. And so guys who are speedy seem to figure out, oh, that's how long, that's my timing, I get it down. And their timing, I think, is going to be be almost perfect from the start. Yeah, and I just want to throw in on, the, on your Pedri point that you made. I know people don't really care too much about my, my fabled ultimate frisbee career, but I was, at the, uh, I, was, I was at Indoor the other night, and usually... The ultimate, very much like soccer, very much like basketball, all the other games, I, all the other sports that I've played, it's about, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I understand space and the more I know I'm a quick guy. So I know if I get from A to B and I'm in the right spot, that's, I can, I can make do. I'm not going to embarrass myself as long as I can be in the right spot to defend. And we had, there was a, there was a kid there, a college kid, and I, I mean, he may have looked 30, but he, I asked him how old he was, he said 18. He was always in the right spot. He just was so smart. He was smart. Like 18-year-olds, they might be fast and they might run me to death, but they're running. They don't know where to be. Their, their, their timing is off, so I'm able to defend them well. But this kid knew exactly where to be, and he was 18. And it, it, it did not go well. We'll put it that way. For me or my team. And, uh, and there's nothing I could do. And it was this thing where I had to accept. I had to accept, like, oh, this guy's 
12 years or 13 years younger than me and he's so much he's he's faster than me maybe i'm just as quick you know i'm still spry but he's faster than me if he has if he gets a full head of steam if he's two three strides i'm done i'm dead in the water but he also knows where to be and his timing is down and i go oh boy i'm in for it and i mean that's what pedri is and that's what these young players are i mean even gabi on his header where Gabi, I mean, he just, I guess we didn't talk about that. The, the final thing we'll talk about, we're going a little long here, but I, you tweeted it out that you get, you let a 17-year-old get a header on you, Atletico Madrid. I mean, somewhere Diego Godin, I don't know if he watches Atletico Madrid matches, but somewhere Diego Godin must have sent some kind of message to the team at halftime. I'm like, I mean, he's 17. He, he bodied you guys. He manned you up. He said, have you guys seen Shaquille O'Neal? I'm Shaq. I'm Shaq in your box. <laughs> and that's, and he's, it's Gabi. No. So I love it. Gabi was the exact mindset that team needed. You know, when the ref was calling things, shall we generously say, loose. He had a rough um, game. The ref had a rough game there. Yeah. He had a rough game. He had a rough game. But, I mean, Gabi said, no calls, great, let's party, right? And he was mentally ready for that team. And, I mean, he's, what, he's 17, 18? How is that possible, right? I mean, He's a thug and I love it. And I think that, I mean, he, he has to get renewed, has to. Same without, uh, same without Ugo. They, you, you gotta renew that, right? And I mean, I know there's all the games, but you can't let another Dembele happen, right? Mm-hmm. Pay him, pay him and shut up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's say negotiations are easy, but uh, they start at a number. So just being patient, I, I'm not going to panic about either of them until the summertime because they're starting at a number now, a year and a half out. And if it doesn't get done in the summer, in the fall, I will panic. That's when you panic. But for now, with summer transfer business, and I don't think Barca even knows the full uh, number that they could provide, but uh, Alemani and Laporta and Jordi Cruyff and and Fuste, and uh, Uste, they, they have a salary structure. And I think both Gabi and Araujo deserve to be in the top third of that salary structure, which yes. means... They basically know the variance of the number that they're going to be given. If it's like, and and if and if Barca cannot offer, like, I mean, not to say that neither of them, as crazy as it sounds, to say goodbye to Gabi Araujo, but Barca has to stay within that salary structure. But both of them, I think Araujo has the opportunity to be the best Barca defender, which means he should be at the top range of that number. And then Gabi has an opportunity to be one of the top three most important midfielders, right? Uh, for the next t- 10 to 12 years. So he's going to be in the top third of that salary structure too. So if that means they're getting between, what is it? Six to nine mil a year. Then that's what yeah. it's going to be if that's what the salary structure is. But once you hit 10 or 11 or 12, now it's too high. Now we're talking too high. So uh, it's not to say the negotiations are simple, but uh, I mean, this is just like my freelance taking over. That's like, I know the market. I mean, you know the market. So we're one or two, we'll go back and forth this a little bit, but it's either going to happen or it's not. And if our numbers don't match, then they're not going to match. And that's going to be a sad day, Kevin. But I'll have to have you back on if for sadness or even actually or to celebrate Ronda Rajo. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> not, not to have you panic, but don't forget that they were talking about uh, Dembele's renewal about a year and a half out as well. Yeah. I'll leave you with that. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Kevin. So you're on brand. I love it. 
<laughs> Suck to your brand. So uh, if anyone's more of Kevin Williams, of course, not only the, the grump, but all the hap- all the good thoughts too, uh, all the match reviews and all those things, uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Again, anybody listening to this pod has heard of Kevin Williams before. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Barcelona Pod as well. Close Facebook group, Barcelona Podcast. I let you in. Patreon is how we keep making these shows. Thank you to all of our patrons. And then on YouTube, match reviews, we hit 9,000 subscribers. So thanks everybody for that. And uh, we're on the march to 10,000. So if you listen to the pod, you're not following on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, help us out there. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Force of Arts out.